Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with DCROM. Back here at the 2022 Lisa Senior Bowl. This is Sports Crunch with DCROM. I'm your host, David Cromwell. We are joined by Falcons beat reporter Michael Rothstein of ESPN. And uh, Michael, the Atlanta Falcons, the first year of the Arthur uh, Smith, Terry Fontenot regime, uh, they were able to get seven wins, but this is a team that still has a lot of holes at the eighth overall pick plus two second round picks. What areas of need do you think they have to attack first and foremost in the draft? All of them. <laughs> it's really that simple, David. It's a little bit of everything. I think when you look at the first and second round, probably the only area that, other than like the obvious of like they're not going to take a kicker or a punter, right, or a long snapper, probably safety is the only area where you can make the argument that they shouldn't take someone. But even then, you could say, you know what, if that's the best player on the board, Dean Pease likes to use enough safeties that you can make the argument for that, especially they don't feel great about Richie Grant and they want to bring in competition there or they just want to run three safeties. So I think that you can make an argument at this point for any position from quarterback all the way to cornerback and say, yeah, they can take a guy there, whether it's in the first, whether it's with number eight or one of their two second round picks and say, okay, that makes sense. Now, obviously, it's the player, not necessarily the position, but positionally, all across the board, they could go whatever way they went, you can make an argument for. Oh, absolutely. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Terry Fontenot in his uh, end of the year press conference uh, suggested that he would go with a purely BPA approach with that eighth overall pick. And that's exactly what he did last year with Kyle Pitts at the uh, fourth overall pick. And uh, if uh, Kyle Hamilton is somehow some way there at eight, uh, he could very well be the pick. He could. But again, that gets into that safety thing. And I think that He'd have to be far and away the best player on their board for them to go there. But listen, that's part of this entire process is right now, you don't know what you don't know. And anyone who says they absolutely know what a team is going to do, and that really starts at number one with, with Jacksonville, doesn't really know because there is so much more homework to be done on these guys. I do believe that they will go best player available, but I think with some caveat, everyone's board is different. And also, every team will say they'll go best player available. That doesn't always end up being the case. However, I think with the way the Falcons are structured right now, I think if a position of at least some need ends up being the best player available, and based off of the way the board is going, that should happen, whether it's receiver, edge rusher, offensive tackle, interior offensive lineman, cornerback, quarterback. Uh, yeah, you can make the argument for any of those guys. And I'm not going to get into specific names because there are so many and this board's going to move that I think you can absolutely see that in any way possible. Uh, yes, and uh, one of the first items of business for Terry Fontenot to attack when he was hired last year was the Falcons' cap crunch. How much progress have they made on that front, and how are they looking cap-wise ahead of it to free agency? They're better than they were a year ago, but you couldn't have gotten much worse. So that's progress, I guess. Terry Fontenot has said this. They are still going to have some cap constraints this year, and you expected that because it was going to be a long-term build-out, a long-term reconstruction of a healthy cap which the Falcons have not had for some time they still have massive contracts on the books that who knows exactly what's going to happen with them Matt Ryan although at this point I would anticipate he'll be there next year Deion Jones has a big number Jake Matthews has a big number Calvin Ridley don't know what his situation is going to be so you have all of these guys that have potentially big numbers and how they maneuver that will tell you 
exactly what they can maybe do in free agency, but I don't think they're going to run in the same position they did last year, which is they had to move Julio Jones last year or do something in order just to sign their rookies. I don't think they're going to get that dire because I think they have more room to play with, but it's not like they're going to be big players in free agency where they can go sign six guys to try and remake the roster that way. Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith have made it pretty clear they would like to build through the draft. They'd even like to really focus on re-signing their own free agents. Draft and develop is kind of their thought process. And I think that that's what they're going to do. And they have those questions with their own guys, between Foye Aluikin, Russell Gage, Young Waku, their kicker. Yeah. And those are and Cordero Patterson. Those are some of the guys that they have to make decisions on in the next month or so. Yes, and another potential decision is Calvin Ridley. There's a buzz that he could be traded. What are you hearing on that front? Uh, right now, anyone who tells you anything definitive on what they're going to do with Calvin Ridley, uh, other than what I'm going to tell you now, which is they're not going to outright release Calvin Ridley because his contract is guaranteed for next year. So I would be shocked if they did that. Any other option at this point to me is on the table. I think he could easily come back and play for them next year. He could get moved. Any of those things are possible. Anyone who tells you otherwise, anyone who's saying, yeah, I know what's going to happen or I I really believe this is selling you a bill of goods because I don't get the sense that the Falcons even know quite yet exactly what is going to happen. Uh, Yes, and uh, the elephant in the room is still by far Matt Ryan. How many good years does uh, Arthur Smith and the Falcons organization believe he has left? And do you see them uh, taking a quarterback with one of their first three picks of the draft with either their first-round pick or their two seconds? I think if they fall in love with a quarterback, you could see it happen. I don't think it's priority one for them. I think they really still believe in Matt Ryan, but we'll see what happens. His contract is tough to move until June 1st, and even then I don't know if they would move it. Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan really seem to like working with each other, and when you look at what Matt Ryan had or more realistically didn't have around him this year, that was a bigger part of the problem than maybe how Matt Ryan played. Do I think he's still got a few good years? Yeah, he's under contract until after the 2023 season. His contract is much easier to move, especially if you don't touch it this year after this season. So I think what they do in free agency, in the draft, will tell us more of how they maybe view Matt Ryan long term. Because they could, if they had to, it will probably mean moving on from some other guys like Grady Jarrett or maybe Deion Jones or Jake Matthews or restructuring other guys to, to make it happen. But they can live with that number if they had to but I don't don't know if they want to necessarily live with that number so that leads to other questions too it's a completely fluid situation at this point but I get the sense Matt Ryan will be their quarterback in 2022 but beyond 2022 who knows like I I just couldn't tell you for sure Mike Rothstein Falcons beat reporter for ESPN thank you so much for joining us enjoy the senior bowl thanks for having me I appreciate it